1: Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The Square Ball Podcast.
2: Welcome to the show. It's brought to you with Levi Solicitors, 10% discount on your legal fees at LeviSolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. It's the um, it's the Bielsa Goodbye show. Um, I'm down in the studio just by Ellen Road. Uh, John Richardson's with us. Hello, John. Hello there. And Michael as well from his COVID bunker.
3: Hello. We're all by ourselves today, aren't we?
2: We are. Um, I guess we'll start with you, John, because you have been up to Thorp Arch this morning, Monday morning. Um, So talk us through that.
4: Um, Yes. It's um, it's not a decision that was supported by anyone else in my household, but I watched last night because I thought I'll just leave him, you know, I'll leave him to it. Um, and then when I saw him having pictures with people and I thought actually it's a a thing to go isn't it and then I found out that he was going to be saying goodbye at Thor Parks this morning so I thought I will get my wife to take our daughter to school and I'll drive for an hour and a half to stand in the rain (laughs) uh, outside a training ground next to a prison and um, I don't know I still don't know if that was the right decision or not he was there he came in his little car um, watched him go in didn't stop on the way in car was all misty most Managers of his stature, you would say, well, that wasn't him because that was a eleven year old Sayat Leon. But Bielsa being Bielsa, I think that was him. And he um, want not want in there very long. Um, I didn't think for for the gravity of the situation. One member of staff came out um, very angry in tears, um, swearing a lot about what had been done to us. And now he's the best manager we've ever had. Uh, I say I was, there was. At that point, me and two other men uh, <laughs> who'd taken the day off work, stood in the rain. One of them had, I think, like a Sainsbury's bag for life with a book in it. And the other guy was just in his Mac, just waiting. It was a very awkward Um, 15 minutes. And then he came out and the car didn't stop. Um, It got sort of halfway down the drive and he'd obviously said, pull over, I should do something. And he, his mate came out with little signed, pre-signed cards, and he said he's he's too upset to come out of the car.
2: Oh, Christ.
4: Uh, And that was that. He drove off, and I think that's the last time I'll I'll probably lay eyes on him in in the flesh, which is why I went up. I watched it last night, and I thought, "I I can't have the last game I was at was against them, and I can't have that be the last time I laid eyes on him, a defeat at the hands of them. So I thought I'd better i better go up just in case I didn't I didn't know what I was expecting I didn't know if it would sort of feel like intruding on the sort of final goodbye but I just as I was watching last night I was unbearable to Lucy I just kept saying I should be there I should be there but if I set off now he'll already be gone um so I just thought you've got to do it I, it, it come at a time when I'm well I'm forty this year and I'm looking back on all the people that I haven't thanked properly enough in my life like I bought a signed Rick mail on eBay because I always thought I'd get to read. Rick Mail and I've bought a Gary Speed and a John Candy. And I don't want to say I overreacted, but my immediate thought last night was Bielsa's gonna die one day and I'm never gonna have got to thank him for what he did. So I wrote him a little card and uh, passed it to his driver to give to him. And I think that's I think that's it. I think that's
2: what what did it say? Or, or do you not want to say?
4: Uh I can't remember. I wrote it in Spanish. It said, Thank you. Um a thank you isn't enough. Um but it's all there is, so thank you for... And then I listed all the things that I was glad for. None of it, football, all this sort of integrity and, um, you know, the strength he showed through COVID and bringing us together and making us believe that a team was more than, you know, whether we won some football games or not. And uh, that was it. It was an awful card. It was one I bought ages ago. I wrote him one. I had it with me at the Manchester United game. And that was a nice card, and it got all crumpled and wet in my pocket, so I didn't give it because I thought, "Well, we've got the rest of the season. I'll wait until we've won a game, and then I'll pass it over then." And um, then it all happened. So he's got a one-pound Tesco. It's like a picture of a typewriter with a piece of paper that says "Thank you" coming out the top
2: of it. But do you it know what? That's that's shit. A that, card. It's perfect for him. It's perfect. Did expect he didn't want you to spend any more than a pound on a card?
4: No, I I took the sticker off, so he, he might you know he might think it was one fifty or something. But, it, you know, I just felt like I had to do something. I'm glad I went. I'm glad I got to see him and um, be there. It was cold and it was wet. My my abiding memory is that he sort of wasn't in there long enough, given that that was supposed to be the big goodbye. It suggests it hasn't ended the way, you know, I was picturing scenes in there a bit like a sort of sad version of when we went up and they were all oh, hugging yeah. and it seemed like it was probably quite a quick in and out, quite an upsetting end.
2: Mm. And that's It has been, hasn't it? I've, I've been surprised by my own reaction to this. I mean, we were talking just before we started recording, then John and I were saying, like, I made the mistake of putting on Take Us Home, the song, on Spotify. And it takes me about 20, 25 minutes to get here. And I've listened to that from closing my front door to getting here, and I ended up crying, driving down the ring road, just thinking about it. And my, my reaction has caught me by surprise. If This genuinely feels like one of the worst things of my adult life. Um, it, it does feel like a bereavement, and I don't say that lightly.
4: Yeah, no, I agree. That was the sense there. As I said, there was there was three of us at the time he was there and then one, one other guy arrived as he was leaving and all four were, you know, men, I'd say, within 10 or 15 years of each other who can't quite... It is. I think it's a certain age of fan who has been allowed to feel that naivety you feel as a child about football. You love it unconditionally and then you find out about money and, oh, they all go clubbing and it's a bit grubby and, oh, they don't oh, they're not married, they just sleep with lots of girls. And then sometimes, as in our not-so-distant past, they're very naughty boys. Um, and it's all complex and it's about money. And then it, this has just been like four years of being childish about football again and being able to love absolutely and trust absolutely that everything was being handled properly. Um, and I credit not just him but the people around him with that. You know, it's it's been a well-run time for the club and it feels like a lot has ended. It feels like that you know i just don't think you'll get that back again i he's a real outlier in football maybe he isn't and i hope the new guy coming in turns out to be that um but yeah it feels like something something more than just a, a the tenure of a manager has ended
2: we do feel more ordinary don't we now i mean i i drove past Ellen road on the way here to the studio and i've realized i don't, I don't know exactly how i feel i just feel different like it feels like something's gone which in i guess in a very literal sense it has uh it's strange. What what have you been doing for the last couple of days, Michael? Just
3: doom scrolling, just refreshing things on Twitter, <laughs> feeling bad about myself for kind of ever saying anything bad about him. And like, he, it's just like, I should have been more appreciative of a 4 0 defeat on reflection. <laughs> like, I should have enjoyed it more. And I'm, and I'm, I am sad that because of these, I COVID, so I didn't go. I am sad that I didn't get to see it weirdly, even though, you know, a 4 0 home defeat is not something you particularly want to be there for. I, th- I feel like it, it. It came to us on the match ball, and I feel like, the, well, I think the Phil Hayes story was already out, but it kind of felt like it might be, yeah, the end. And you said, Dan, in the ground, you you kind of stayed and watched him trudge off, and it was because it was kind of like, a, I think this might be, this is it. This this might be it, and it's just it's un, it's unprecedented. Like I've I've not seen this. Every other every sacking of the last. Like you have to go back to Grayson, I suppose, to find any kind of sadness about it. Everyone since then has been like, well, fine, good, whatever, you know, either complete indifference or people happy about it. Grayson was, he was kind of stitched up by the board and it felt like, you know, his best team, his team had been sold from under him. And but even so things weren't working and you kind of get on board with it. And but right before that, I guess you go back to Wilco, but I remember, I mean, I was a child at the time, but like Wilco was, he was kind of hounded out and, yeah on reflection, I don't, I don't know if that you say about a certain age of fan. I don't know if the way we treated Wilco slightly informs how we treat Bielsa now. Cause I think it probably people are slightly regretful of the way they, they were to Wilkinson. Cause although not a bit like now, there are arguments to say it was the right thing to do, but there are ways to do it, aren't there? And I think, I think the fact that, I mean, there were some boos at the Spurs game, but he never got, he never had to endure like chance or anything did he in the same way that Wilkinson did. And, having what he'd built almost kind of taken apart by the fans who'd, who'd supported him. So um, it's it's a horrible, horrible mix of emotions. I think
4: time-wise, we're victims of COVID and fixture congestion that, that there's not been many times this season when we don't have midweek games or, you know, seven coming up. I think they probably looked at a Saturday to Saturday as, or was it a Sunday to Saturday, as the mm-hmm. best chance to actually have a few days to let it clear and then get someone new in to have a few days to train with the players because it's been so congested you know you sort of couldn't have it and then I don't know if I don't know how much these things get thought about but maybe they thought let's have a sneaky away game first and then maybe we get something at Leicester and it sort of makes that first game back against Villa Mm. you know we've had more of a severance whereas I think with a first game back, a home game, there'd be a lot of Marcelo Bielsa chanting going on. That might—I don't know—I—I I, I don't know how. I, I've never lost my mind like this about a manager before, so I don't know what the prevailing mood of the majority of fans would be. I, I know there are people who were sort of ready for him to go, but you know, looking into the eyes of the <laughs> the other sort of sad men who were there today at Thorpe Arch, there's like there is a there's a mourning, and I yeah. think. Because of what's going on globally as well, it, it oddly matters more. You know, you when the world is like legitimately falling apart, you cling on to the few things that made you believe and that were an escape from all the all the bad stuff. And he was that, you know.
3: And it has been that throughout, hasn't it? Because we've obviously had, you know, we had a, a kind of a season and a, well, a season and a half and then COVID hit. And that was, mm. again, that was the, it was the bit of fun that you had in a week, wasn't it, basically, of, you know, sat in your house going out for your hour of prescribed walking about the same street every day. And then all of a sudden on a Saturday you got something to look forward to. And the way I think the way he led the club and everything and during that time was important as well, in a time when it felt like and not to get it political, but it felt like politically we weren't being led in a strong way to have someone to be like, well this just put Bilser in charge. Put him in charge like, of
2: put him in charge of everything.
3: Put him in charge of it put him in charge of the government, FIFA the UN he can just sort stuff out I'm sure he can and 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 he
4: was (laughs) he was going out and I remember throughout it that fear of like don't let people touch him don't Mm. let them go and and Boris was out there shaking hands as a kind of oh it's all right it's going to be fine and you know Bielsa was doing it as a yeah but this fan might never get to meet the manager of Leeds again so although they might have a virus that's going to kill me I'm going to have a photo with them because they're walking next to me on the motorway to Thorpe Park so I don't have a choice there was a real even in that there was a sort of selflessness to what he was doing Mm. last night staying at Thor Parch till whatever it was, half seven, eight o'clock, after he's been sacked, because he knows that's people's moment to thank him. And I, I'm sure he would rather have just got on a plane last night, just, you know, mm-hmm. but he wanted to say goodbye to staff and he wanted to let fans have a chance. I just think it's, you know, it's very special. I
2: think that's what's tipped me over the edge is, is the videos that uh, came from Thor Parch last night. And I think judging by the timing of them all, he was still there maybe at nine, 10 o'clock um, sometime after, which speaks to the man, doesn't it? I think what's what's happened with me over the weekend is I've I've uh, I've gone into the the uh, I don't know I think is it the regret stage of uh, of grief um, I'm massively regretting I feel guilty that's the word I'm after guilt I'm feel massively guilty for getting annoyed at the football side of things because we came in here and did the match ball on Saturday and I was like the football the the football side of it had fallen apart by Saturday it was so clear that it was knackered and then he's gone and I, we were sitting here on. Saturday saying something needs to change and it did but I wanted Bielsa to change and I wanted him just to make the football team better because we said as well on the match ball I don't want him to be sacked but something something needs to change but the problem is uh, you knew where this was heading like maybe several weeks ago and thought if, if we don't do something I was just willing us to get a good result for it to click into place against one of these teams and it got it just got worse and worse and, and, and there was an air of resignation in Ellen Road at the weekend but seeing all those videos has flipped me over into guilt because I've been able to separate out Bielsa the man from the football and I've realised I don't care about the football anymore. <laughs> I, I care about him and I want him to be all right and I feel bad for ever feeling bad because it's no reflection on him as a person. I was just annoyed that we, w- we weren't doing better but it, it is only football, isn't it? And we've lost an absolutely and he's not dead, obviously. He's, he's fine, he's okay, he's going to get to go home but from our club, I mean, and from our city, that's the thing. We've we've just lost this... Um, a, well, he's a figurehead, isn't he? A fa- he's a father figure. Maybe that's what it is about. You say men of a certain age that so many of us have latched onto him as a kind of father figure.
4: Yeah, I think. Yeah, it's not just the city either. I sort of felt like driving out of uh, Weatherby this morning. It's the pictures that get me are Morrison's and Costa and the walk into training and the the sweets. You know, when he gets off the bus for all that that's just I didn't realize how important I knew that's what made me love him but I didn't realize like every time I drove up the A1 I was excited going past Weatherby which is what a mad thing to have as part of the club that oh maybe I am you, you genuinely thought you might bump into him in the services because he's just wandered out like Alan Partridge to get some weather's original or something <laughs> there was there was something so sort of outside of football about him that that's what was amazing and um but he, he you know you say you wanted him to change he was never going no, to. No, and I knew and that. I think, yeah. It's two mutually
2: I, exclusive things, isn't it? I wanted, I wanted him to just make us better and not do the things that are going to cause him harm. It was
4: less about me. It was about him. We know, like, it, it, it only ends one way with him. I was going to say one of two ways, where we either win the Premier League or it ends like this. And I, I actually, I think it was always going to be, there was always going to be a sense of implosion about it. And the, the victory is that we've had him longer than any other club. I mm. think that's such a privilege for a man like that, that... And I would say now at 66, he probably won't go anywhere else for four years. I hope he doesn't, because the way he works, you know, he needs a break. So I think that's it. I think Leeds gets to say we're the club that he stayed at the longest, which is phenomenal.
2: I'd like him to go back to Newell's and have a nice time. Um, Maybe just oversee something there, whether it's their academy or youth development or something. The the thing that really, you know, is his absolute strength in identifying players, because he loves it, doesn't he? And just returning to the football side of it, you know I said I feel guilty for the football side of it it's because it was the escapism for so long wasn't it and like you say magnified heightened by the pandemic but even then going back to that first game against Stoke I just remember being absolutely like dazzled sat there in the sunshine thinking this is this is like a language I've never heard spoken before this is absolutely amazing this is what I've always wanted Leeds to be and it's that 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 pure that ideal the, the joy that he delivered through football and I wanted it to last forever. I didn't want him to get found out and I didn't want his tactics to ever be countered. It felt to me unfair that people had worked him out. <laughs> it's not fair. And that's, and it goes back to the whole childishness of, of my reaction to this, and I appreciate it is. It just, it felt like it wasn't fair that it, that people worked out how to stop us.
3: The level of football is, was ridiculous. Like the, you look back at, I was, I was obviously, as everyone was watching old goal compilations and stuff. So many of the goals we've scored in a Bielsa would have slotted seamlessly into like the best ever League United team goals from the previous century, you know, that every single week there'd be moves where we'd it'd sweep from the, from the back to the front and it all looked so incredibly effortless, but also at the same time done at about a hundred miles an hour. And obviously after so much training, but it was so good at times. And, and I guess we haven't scored without, there hasn't been as much of that this season as the, and that's maybe that's a warning sign that things would, were not going particularly well that we, we'd stop scoring goals like that every week but if we still did score I and mean, it was it was amazing while it lasted wasn't it it was it, it, you can't you won't take that away I think is the thing it's um...
4: no I'm ready to I'm, I'm ready to go into that phase now where the memories are going to be phenomenal of going up of finishing top half in our first season back And the Euros in between, I even count as a Bielsa memory of the pride I felt watching Calvin Mm. play for England at Wembley in a home tournament. I don't think there's many other managers who would have got him to that point where he was player of the tournament for England as we get to the finals. Even that becomes part of this heady, insane couple of years. I I remember it all sunny. You know, like when you remember holidays Mm. and it's just always sunny because you were on holiday and it wasn't. I just remember being in the sun watching Leeds all the time. And that, you know, that will last forever. But just at the moment, I picture him crying in a flat in Weatherby with his little airport ticket in his hand. I've
2: I've never, I have never thought about the aftermath for a football manager. And I guess it speaks to my entitlement as a fan that I want to be entertained and I want you to provide me with joy. And bollocks to how you feel. Never been that bothered. I've always, you know, you feel bad for someone like Simon Grayson who you always feel an affinity to. But this cut really deep. The the thought Mm. of him going back to, I know he's in a house now, not the flat in Weatherby, but just being in there. Alone last night, rattling round, no doubt thinking, "What could I have done differently? Or maybe I was wrong, but I could never change." And and beating himself up for for it ending like this. I just I hate the idea that he's unhappy, and that made me unhappy in turn. Mm. I
4: hope he isn't. The one thing I didn't put in the card that I wish I had is that uh, that sense of (laughs) it's it's such a ludicrous way to talk about a football manager. (laughs) I've literally (laughs) never even brushed past in a corridor. But that sense of fans just wanting him to be happy and what a difference it would make to me just to see him, uh, he's not on social media, but if he were on Instagram, I'd love him to get off the airport and just to see, you know, like when soldiers get home from war and their dog goes batshit. Yeah. I would just love to see him open the doors to his ranch and just stick a big fat steak on the barbecue, open a back and go, Do you know what? I'm all right, guys. I'm yeah. all right. I'm going to be all right. I had a lovely time. I'll never forget you. But. To be honest, there's a local food market here, so I won't need to shop in Morrison's anymore. Um, I can get coffee beans delivered, so I need to stop at Costa, and it's mainly sunny. And that would be such a... It's, it's mad that we feel that guilt. I think he'd like it
3: if you were there to meet him when he got off the plane. Get I would on a, like get that. Get on a flight.
4: <laughs> there was a point last night when I was... <laughs> do I Google flights to Argentina and try and cut him off at the airport, or do I just drive around Weatherby and Thorpe Arch trying to catch him on his way, sort of between House and uh, Thorpe Arch. And I, I still think I might have got the wrong one because I think he'll be in a better mood at the airport. <laughs> I think I've him at literally his lowest point uh, coming yeah. out of Thorpe Arch for the last time.
2: Down. it's funny you're talking about him about how daft it is that he's a football manager I've just glanced at, um, at Twitter and seen somebody comforting an upset child about this and it's nearly set me off again I've got t- like, tears are welling up behind my eyes and it's because he transcends the football manager side of it I think I think it's because it's, it's him as a human in a world, and you said it before John actually and you know, like, um, oh, sorry Michael it was in a world that's kind of so cynical and populist and you see what's happening in Ukraine, and you think these people, these people are fucking mad. Can't we all just be a bit, a bit more decent to one another? And he just felt thoroughly decent and honourable and, and humble. And I, and do you feel like he's changed you as a person? I feel like he's changed me as a person. He's taught me to be more like humble, and and I think it all goes back to like the, you know, the the idea of the litter picking and being grateful for the things that you have, and um, what it means for like your audience, for example, to to earn money to come and watch you. It's a privilege to play football. So you should kind of respect that, and I thought, do you know what? He's absolutely bang on.
4: Yeah, a hundred percent. I, I, I mean, as a fo- I, I, the, the, what you can only call the Bamford phenomenon is what I've taken from it as a football fan of watching a coach who knows more than you bring a player that you have been very frustrated by to, you know, nearly being the top scorer in the Premier League in our first season back. It's such an education that you should always feel like they know more than you and you should always trust them in in what they're doing because they see it day in, day out. And we don't have it in this country in the legal system. We all, you know, we're happy to say that a sentence should be longer or shorter without having seen any of the case. And it's the case in football. And I remember it we had so many managers where you just, you know, Steve Evans and people like that, we are like, I'm not being funny. I, I genuinely think I could pick a better 11 than you just have. I don't know why you're getting it wrong, but that's what's gone. I, I don't want to. I don't want to get back to a phase where I have to, have the, the, I remember games where we'd come out and you'd hear the muttering around Ellen Road and people unhappy with the result, but it would never be this has got to change. Or you always get the nutters online who this person's got to go and that person's got to go and it's a conspiracy. And, you know, it's happening a bit now with the, oh, it's America and it's all to do with the 49ers and they want him out and this guy in and it's all money. And I don't, you know, I don't think, I'm, I'm as biased as anyone about Bielsa, but I do think they probably felt like given that change was inevitable. And he was going to go at the end of the season, it probably was the right time to try and do something. And I, you know, I said that thing. I'm sure a few people did of, Oh, I think I'd rather go down with bills than stay up with anyone else. And even I was starting to think, Oh, I wonder I wonder if I meant that. Oh <laughs> like, yeah, last night I was
2: fully prepared to get relegated. But like on Saturday, when I was I was that's why I was angry. I was thinking like, please don't get us relegated just by sticking to the ideal. Do do whatever you need to do to keep mm. in your job, but keep us in the Premier League. And it just it felt like it was heading towards a situation where it was not compatible anymore. Um, those two, you know, those two goals, they were sort of clashing, weren't they? And I, and I, and I know my my annoyance, I think, came from being powerless to do anything to change it.
4: Yeah, and I think we can all agree the worst of all worlds is to get relegated without him. If if mm. we do that to him at the end and then go down anyway, that's going to be really really unpleasant to see.
3: <laughs> or is it? Or is it better that he's not here for the actual relegation? I don't know. If if. <laughs> Is it better that is it better that he can walk away saying, "Well, I'd have kept you up," and we can all we can all agree, "Yes, you would." And that's that, true. It's it's hard, isn't it, to know in the. I think it in a way you, you almost wanted to delay the finding out, didn't you? It was like, well, let's if we don't if we don't sack him, and until we're mathematically relegated, he also can keep us up, and that's obviously for the best. But then it, yeah, I guess it's where you reach the point of being like, okay, well, now we panic and. Not, not that I particularly want to, but to defend the the owners of the club, they're talking about essentially allowing a, several hundred million pounds to just be set alight if they don't if they don't make the right decision on it. So, it's a decision I'm glad I didn't have to make because I mean, we after the game down we were kind of I think we more or less reached the conclusion that it's like something needed to change and given Bielsa's refusal to, it was probably likely to be the manager.
2: Yeah. It's I, mean, I think I think it's it's important. I
3: almost immediately regretted. Yeah, it's it's, <laughs>
2: then... it's important to draw the distinction though between knowing that that was the thing that was going to change and um, and wanting it to happen. Like mm. I just like like I said, it's it's an incompatible situation. There's no closing the circle, which is why I think people have been like angry online, and a, a few people have accused us of like wanting him out or you've been up for this summer. We haven't at all. I never wanted him to leave. I always wanted him to leave like by riding off into the sunset this this summer. But as we've got closer and closer to it, and the relegation zone has crept nearer and nearer we're shipping more and more goals. You could just see which way it was going. I just I just I don't know, like you said, it, it was it's rooted in powerlessness. I just wanted something different to happen, not this. And I, and also, I just feel so sad that it has.
3: And truthfully, what we what we say doesn't no. matter, does it? No <laughs> it, it doesn't know just like whether you know, I know we've I know we've got like a bit of a voice in it from an Apocalypse or whatever. But But we're idiots. It has no influence on anything. I mean by the time we actually I think Saturday was probably the first time we sort of said he's probably gonna go, isn't he? And yeah. by that point it had already been decided it was clearly it was clearly already done so
4: yeah. they do have to be more dispassionate than us in the board they just have to be because it, it, if we were all up there you you know I I, I don't think I'd have ever sacked Bill so mm. just, uh, I never would have I wouldn't have been able to picture anything else so there was a point when I knew even when it was going well I was like this is mad now I was starting to worry about him going when we were being successful because mm. I just thought oh, this is the best it's ever going to be for me so I can never plan for the other thing because I don't think it'll be as good and that's not if you're running a club you can't ever get to a point where you think well that's probably it this is the best it'll ever be so because <laughs> then you do get into who do you sign after that because you can't have the people making the decisions coming out and say well it doesn't fucking matter now does it? Mm. You've had that you've had your good time you've had Swansea that's it shut up now <laughs> Yeah so, F- fans in know. the boardroom and all that yeah, and
2: mm. obviously the, you've got the, the spectre of Ridsdale there when it comes to making bad decision decisions as he used to put them. Uh, put it. When
4: do you think he'll talk? When do you think... I'm now going to be on edge until he... I know it's not going to be an Instagram post until he talks about... Yeah. uh, Never. He'll he'll never talk about this. If
3: if he takes another job someone will ask him at a press conference and he'll have to answer it because he he feels an obligation to... And it'll go on for about two hours probably. But I don't think he'll... I don't think he strikes me as a man to do it. And I think that's actually part of the shame of the way he's left as well because you almost want that from him. You want like a nice long statement or I'd like for him to think mm-hmm. that in you know six months a year two years he'll be back on the pitch at Ellen Road kind of waving at us and we can all sing his name and give him some like the last sort of dregs of celebration from that title win that we we couldn't properly celebrate at the time but it's just not going to happen is it because he's you're not
4: going to get there where he writes it out on his iPhone notes and just screen grabs it no and it he's on not Twitter.
3: <laughs> and he's not and he's not going to come back and do you know a bit of corporate stuff in the East stand and chat to some sponsors and then <laughs> and then come and wave to us on the pitch is he it's just yeah. if he comes back it'll be to scout someone no no I've, I've,
2: had, a, I've had a thought I've had a thought and it's because you're sat there in a Newell shirt we need to when when it comes to the official opening of the new stadium because we'll stay up so therefore it'll preserve his legacy we can therefore push the button on the new stadium we get the stadium rebuilt and then we fly him over for the opening game against Newell's a pre-season friendly and he comes on the pitch and we can give him the goodbye that he name he the wet
3: stand after him I mean, let's face it. To go back to the ownership, he has made them so much fucking money. Like mm. they are so rich as a result of him. Radrazzani was floundering in the championship, pumping up like loads of money in and failing. Well, not loads of money, but like millions had been invested and it was going nowhere. Like there was no sign of him getting his money back. Bielsa leaves us with you know Calvin Phillips being worth more than the club was when when yeah true when Radrazzani bought it. So. The the depth of gratitude that they are, that they owe to him is is ridiculous. But uh, um, I would
2: just extend that into us as well because i I I genuinely want to say I mean he's not gonna see this, but on the off chance you do Marcello, thank you. Because I fucking hated football and I'd grown to really hate Leeds United, and then he arrived and he changed that and he's made me fall in love with football completely again, and I know that I owe all that to him, so I'm really grateful. And it's what made me sort of I mean, apart from quite apart from the axe falling on my job, but um to say we, we, can't, we can't miss this and mm. it kicked us into life and, and it's given us something that we do every day and it's because of him and I'm really grateful for that. And that's another reason why I feel guilty for um, ever feeling annoyed about the football side of things and wanting him yeah. to change.
3: Yeah, I, I had exactly the same thoughts with The weekend because we, I mean, you know, a long time, listeners will know we've been doing this for since, you know, well, the magazine since 2009, podcast since 2010, and it's mainly been absolutely awful. And the podcasts were kind of a bit more sporadic because truthfully it was hard to come in and talk about it. Sometimes you were working up in Newcastle. The thing is when Bielsa took over, you were still working up in Newcastle. It was, it was a massive pain in the ass to do it. We were recording at one in the morning sometimes to try and, to try and get it done, but he made it, he made us want to do it because it was so good again. And it was actually fun. And it reminded me of being a kid and watching football again and and actually wanting to go because, there was something good to watch because I enjoyed watching Leeds score goals, which for ages was kind of almost not the point of going to Leeds. It was go- I was going because it was what I did on a Saturday, and out of some loyalty to it, and it was in spite of the fact that everyone on the pitch and everyone in the boardroom was a twat, and I was going anyway <laughs> to, to to prove some strange point to myself, and also it's in certain times to just go and get drunk. But he gave He gave such a new lease of life to the club that all of a sudden it was something everyone wanted to talk about and if if we it's still in the championship now I'm still doing a job that I was really really fucking hating and bored of and I'm, I'm also hating and bored with Leeds United at the same time as, as it was being bored with my job as it was he he turned the whole thing um, and I'll be you know forever in his debt
2: I mean can I can you add to that uh, but no uh, and I was just going to say yeah on, on, on a personal level for me not just the professional side I was in a pretty dark hole. I mean, I, it was, you know, like mentally speaking, mental health uh, around the time of the promotion and it helped to drag me back out of it. And, you know, I, and I know it was partly down to getting promoted, That um, it, it did help me find something to, you know, not cling on to because that's making it sound more melodramatic than it needed to, but I was not in a good place. Um, again, you know, it goes back to having lost the job and then I think lockdown, I just did not take well. I don't think any of us did. We were all like effectively caged animals. We'd gone from being completely free and walking the streets and licking each other in nightclubs or whatever we did, you know, to not being able to even go in a supermarket or, you know, it just, it was it was tough. It was really, really tough and I didn't find it easy. And I know that the big shining light during that era was Bielsa and his football because it was it was idealistic and it was pure and it was something to cling on to. And in many ways, his his, his pursuit for perfection, this idealism has been his undoing in the end. And maybe it always was destined to be, like you said, John, it was always going to end up one of two ways, like it it, it peaks at the top of Everest with winning the Premier League somehow. Because there's a little part of you when we finish 90, you must have gone, we can build on this. If we just get this player and this player, we can fucking do this. I mean, and it's gone this way instead, and that's football. But like I said, the the word is transcends, isn't it? He transcended the football side of it, and it wasn't until he's now gone that I've fully realised the magnitude of that.
4: Yeah, well, he said it a lot in press conferences. It always amazed me for a man so sure about what he thinks and who clearly considers every decision. He he see he knew a lot and he knew what the fan mood was and he, whether he was getting it from forums or feeding it back, I know people used to cut press cuttings out for him. And he would always say, "I know the people want this." And you know, the the whole Gelhardt thing was people think Gelhardt is the answer because it's not working with the other guys, but that's not that's not the same thing. And I think that's that's where the whole club feels it's at now. It's like, "Well, what what is the next thing? You have to you you know you have to hope it's advancement, and I do think you know it's Victor Auto that managed to get us Bielsa, and if if this next guy is the one that he thinks is the one, then you've just got to hope. Well, that's that's a right decision as well. But what, you know what they have done though, John, is they've taken away their shield, and you realise
2: now that he's going and and just how big a personality he was is he was the shield for the board, as you were saying, Michael. You know he's done so much for the club in terms of getting us up, hmm. taking the shield away. They're horribly exposed. They're naked now.
3: Look at Conte, he's basically coming at Spurs and from day one has just moaned about needing to buy a load more players. Bielsa did none of that at Leeds and never mm. has. He came in and went, I've seen what Paul Heckingbottom has done, and you know what? There's enough here. Fine. <laughs> Get me Bamford if you want. Whatever. He, he didn't even play in that first season, did he? Particularly he was injured all the time. But you know, to have to have done that, it's he has he has pretty much saved them, I think, from because the it was growing pretty restless, I think, around the time of of the Christensen thing worked for a little bit but then Bottom was a massive failure. Then we went to Myanmar and it felt like the club was in really quite a horrible spot and then out of nowhere it was like, well, why don't we just employ the best human being and manager that's available and we'll see how that goes and just let him do it and I guess there's a danger in that and maybe that's what it's, maybe it's coming home to roost to an extent now that we, you know, we don't have the squad depth because of the way he likes to do it or, or whatever, but yeah, to have got us to the point he has is remarkable, I think. And the, the, I hope, I mean, I know the, the club statement was fairly um, fairly short, but kind of giving him credit, I hope behind the scenes they're a lot more grateful to him than than that statement because honestly, they he's turned us from a, a failing championship club into something that, you know, something that the 49ers want to buy, truthfully. You know, they, they're kind of, they they probably will take over in the summer and Rajazani gets his money. And that doesn't happen without Bielsa. So be grateful to him.
4: Yeah, And we've given them the clearest. I mean, you couldn't... I think the fans have said clearly, here's the reward. Here's what you get as a club to own if you get the right person. Mm. If you get someone who makes us feel like football is fun and you get us something that's just ours and you play in a way that we can get behind, then uh, Gabby Law can say what he likes and it doesn't matter because you just (laughs) think... You don't know because you've never had this. Yeah, you've never felt what we've had. So
2: who it's, it's been like we've it's been like we've been let into the world's biggest and best secret uh, by experiencing this, and that's why I'm not bothered. Like I, I've had this idea of doing an article, uh, but I never ever sit down and write these things. They just sort of swirl around in my head for the, like for the website or the mag or whatever. But just about gatekeepers and people like Richard Keyes who, you know, laughably suggesting like Sam Allardyce should come in. He
3: doesn't, it's because he doesn't know any other no, manager. And, and he couldn't exactly name it. another one.
2: <laughs> All these, just because they've got a bit of profile, feel like they're self-appointed gatekeepers because they get the platform on Talk TalkSport or something like that. But none of this last four years was for those people. So whatever they say, it can't hurt us. It doesn't matter. This was for us. It was for you.
3: Mm. And, and there's no point that if, you know, Agbon Lahore or someone tries to claim some credit of like, well, I said it wouldn't, I said it wouldn't work. It's like well, yeah, but oh, Every every manager gets fucking sacked, don't they? Eventually, you know. If you if you keep saying something for long enough, then yeah, you will eventually be right. You know. Eventually, Pep Guardiola will get sacked at Man City. It's not exactly a bold prediction. He'll he'll have it. will have an off year at some point, uh, despite the fact he's you know probably got the money, so he never has to. But you know what I mean? It's 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 not a bold prediction to say that at some point something will go wrong, is it? It's um, and I think to have got as far as we have doing this, it's been um, it's been wild.
2: Yeah, it has been wild um john thanks for coming on i know you need to go record another podcast now don't you um
4: i do and it's not about this that's all i want to talk about. good luck with that
2: i should say i mean i know you'd, you'd never insist on us plugging something that you're doing um but i will say meet the richardsons is back isn't it on dave um is it next week it is yes
4: I, I, yeah mate texted me and said does this screw up your next series because we've already filmed it i don't think there's as explicit and we had an episode in series two that was all about me stalking bielsa i don't think there's anything this clear but there's certainly be a lot of mentions so um Sorry for any Leeds fans that get triggered by the sight of me in a BLC t shirt in about four weeks
2: time. Yeah, thank you for coming on and um Michael. Absolute pleasure. Sterling work. Fingers fingers crossed we get a negative negative test soon.
3: Mm, yeah. It was still very strong lines yesterday, but we'll see.
1: <laughs>
2: Cheers, boys. We'll speak soon. Take care.
1: The Square Ball Podcast. Planning for your next trip?